0: Isaiah chapter 9, and we'll start reading from just verse 6 and 7. Isaiah chapter 9. Verse 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Let's just open with a word of prayer this evening. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we do indeed thank you for this night. We thank you, Lord, that we can come out uh, midweek to sing praises to your name and uh, sit on the preach of your word and spend some time in prayer. And we pray, Lord, that you bless this night, that you be in our midst. Lord, I pray as I preach now that, Lord, you just empower me with your Holy Spirit. I pray, Lord, that everything I say would be your words, thoughts, and that, Lord, you would just speak to each of our hearts. May we learn of you this evening. Uh, What you'd have have us to learn, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, on Sunday morning, of course, we began to look at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, and we said that we were going to, as we led up to Christmas, uh, look at these five names that Isaiah gives to us here for the Messiah. Okay, these names the name Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And we said these five names are attributes of God, so they're not just names. Okay, they they point out to us some of the attributes of um, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Um, and He indeed is the only one who can live up to these names. No one else can possess these names. No one else can fulfill everything that these names mean except for Christ. We saw on Sunday morning that His name is wonderful. We said that you know that name is fitting because everything about our Messiah, everything about Christ, is indeed wonderful. And we focused in particular Sunday morning about uh, on the fact that he is wonderful in his birth, wonderful in his life, in his death, and in his resurrection. And we said that there's much more we could have focused it on, but we just narrowed it down to those four things Sunday morning. This evening, I want us to look at the second of these names. We see that it, he says that his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Counselor. He said Not only is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ wonderful, but he is also our counselor. In other words, You know, he is the one that we as believers go to for wisdom. He's the one that we go to for, you know, um, wisdom in making the right decisions, making the the right calls in our lives. You know, when we've got a decision to make, we've got something we're seeking the answer to, Christ is the one that we go to. You know, he is the one that we can go to in times of trouble. When we're seeking a solution, seeking a way out, Christ is the one we seek, the one that we go to. And the fact that he's called our counsellor here reveals to us uh, two important truths that I want us to look at this evening. Two important truths. The first one I want us to look at is the necessity of godly counsel. The necessity of godly counsel. Just turn over to Isaiah chapter 17. Isaiah 17 verse 9 says, The heart is deceitful, above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? Oh, sorry, Jeremiah. What did I say? Did I say Isaiah? Sorry, Jeremiah 17. I went to Jeremiah. I had no problems. (laughs) Jeremiah 17, verse 9. Sorry. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, who can know it? Now, verse we know well, but you know that verse points out that was so clearly why we need a counsellor. You know, we need a counsellor because... You see, without a counsellor, we will fail. Without wise counsel, without godly counsel, we will fail in our Christian lives. Because you see, as Jeremiah points out, our hearts are deceitful. Our hearts are desperately wicked. And so if we simply listen to our own hearts and we make decisions on our own or according to our own wisdom, we're going to make the wrong decision. That's just the reality of it. Because our hearts are wicked. Our hearts are deceitful. And so we can't listen to ourselves. We can't follow our own wisdom. We can't follow our hearts. If we do so, we will make foolish decisions. And so the reality is, if you and I as believers are going to make wise decisions, if we're going to you know, follow the Lord and do the right thing, we have to seek wise counsel. Wise, godly counsel. Proverbs 11, verse 14. It is Proverbs this time. Proverbs 11 verse 14 says where no counsel is the people fall but in the multitude of counselors there is safety now Proverbs teaches us clearly that you know without wise counsel we fall we mess up we make mistakes and this is the reality that is clear from god's word we need godly counsel it is a necessity for us as believers you know, we have example after example throughout God's Word where men and women failed to seek godly counsel or ignored godly counsel and followed their own hearts and it ended in disaster. I want us to just to look at three of them just to get an idea of this. The first one is in Genesis chapter 3. You don't need to turn there, but Genesis chapter 3, of course, is Adam and Eve and it's the fall of Adam and Eve. It's them sinning against God. And you know, that all happened because they ignored godly counsel. They ignored what God told them to do. God said you can eat of everything in the garden but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. There was one thing they weren't allowed to do. And God's counsel, God's instruction was clear. And if they listened to God's counsel, they follow God's wisdom, we wouldn't be where we are today. But the reality is that they, instead of following God's wisdom, they listened to the devil. They listened to the devil's counsel instead. We know what the devil said. The devil came to them saying that, you know, if you partake of the fruit, you'll become like gods, knowing good and evil. You know, the devil came to them saying, God is lying to you. God's giving you bad counsel. You know, in Adam and Eve, they decided to follow the counsel of the devil and because of that, you and I are still suffering the consequences of that action. And that happened, why? Because they ignored godly counsel and followed Wicked counsel, ungodly counsel, the counsel of the devil. Joshua is another example. Let's just turn to Joshua chapter 9. Joshua chapter 9 and verse 14. This is when the Gibeonites come to Joshua and the people. Okay, this is in verse 14. And the men took of their victuals and asked not counsel at the mount of the Lord. And Joshua made peace with them and made a league with them and let them live. And the princes of the congregation swear unto them. You know, Joshua was a great man of God. Make no mistake, he was a godly man. You know, when we're looking for someone who is an example of leadership, Joshua is a great place to go. He's a very godly man. But you know, Joshua still made some dumb decisions. Some really, really bad ones. You know, he went up to Ai without seeking godly counsel. And he made this treaty here in chapter 9 with the Gibeonites without seeking godly counsel. Now on both occasions he followed his own heart. He followed his own wisdom. You know with Ai they just defeated Jericho, this huge mighty city. And then they saw Ai and man's wisdom said we can easily take it. And so Josh and the people followed their own hearts, their own wisdom, their own counsel. And they were defeated. Men died because of their sin same is true of the Gibeonites. You know, the Gibeonites came up and they had their old clothes on and their old wine bottles and their old bread to show that they'd come from a faraway land. Man's wisdom said, yeah, accept what they're saying. Accept it as being true and make a treaty with them. And that's exactly what they did. They followed their wisdom, made a treaty with the Gibeonites. And again, they suffered the consequence of this. From that point on, the Gibeonites dwelt in the land and were a thorn in the side of Israel. Because they sinned against God. But you see, both of these problems could have been avoided if Joshua had just gone on his knees and asked God for counsel. God the counsel would have been the key in this situation. But instead, he acted according to man's wisdom and he made these mistakes and suffered the consequences. There's just one more example I want us to look at. 1 Kings chapter 12. 1 Kings chapter 12, and just read from verse 12, it says, So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day, as the king had appointed, saying, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people roughly and forsook the old men's counsel that they gave him, and spake to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, and I will add to your yoke. My father also chastised you with whips, but I'll chastise you with scorpions. Now here we have the story of King Rehoboam. Now Rehoboam is the son of Solomon, okay? So he, he ascends the throne, uh, throne after King Solomon dies. He takes the throne. And when he comes to the throne, the people come to him and they ask him to ease their burdens, to lighten the load. You see, under King Solomon, things had been pretty tough. You know, with the building of the temple and all the other things that Solomon did, the taxes were high, the people were worked hard and the people had been under a great burden. And so they came to Rehoboam and they asked him to lighten that load, lighten that burden upon them. Now if you read the whole story, the, the old men who were the godly counsellors to the king, they told him, they advised him to listen to the people. They said lighten the people's burden, lighten their load. And they said if you do that, you will gain their respect and you will regain the people's loyalty. But on the flip side, the young men, the new up-and-coming counsellors, they told him to make the burdens heavier, to show them who's boss, to show them that he's stronger than his father before him. And Rehoboam, instead of listening to the wise, godly counsel of the old men, instead he listened to the foolish counsel of the young men. And you know, the result of this foolish counsel was that the kingdom was divided, That's why, from that point, we have the north kingdom and we have the southern kingdom. We have these two kingdoms of Israel. Why? Because of Rehoboam's dumb decision. Based on foolish counsel, not godly counsel, not godly wisdom. You see, he could have avoided this. He could have kept the kingdom together if he'd obeyed God, if he'd listened to wise counsel. You know, we could go on and look at more examples of this problem. But the reality, or the, you know, I'm sure it's clear by now that the truth is that we need godly counsel. There's a necessity for it. There's a necessity for us as believers today that we seek wise, godly counsel. Because if we don't, we'll end up exactly where these three did, doing the wrong thing, following our own devices. If left to our own wisdom or indeed the wisdom of others, we will fail. We need the wise counsel of the Lord and we need to listen to it. Turn to Isaiah chapter fifty five. Isaiah fifty five eight says For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. Now, I think this verse makes it clear why we need to seek the wisdom of the Lord. Because you see, our wisdom cannot add up to his. You see, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. You see, we can never understand the wisdom of the Lord. Our wisdom is limited compared to His. Our wisdom compared to God's is foolishness. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, in the second half of the verse, it says, Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? And Indeed, that is the wisdom of the world. That's our wisdom. That's man's wisdom. If we listen to our heart, we're listening to foolishness we listen to the advice of man, we listen to foolishness. Now, let me be clear, I'm not saying that we shouldn't seek godly counsel from our pastor or from a, a godly person, okay, because that person should be giving you counsel from God's word, okay, so it should be godly counsel anyway. But what I'm saying is we can't rely upon the counsel of man, we need to seek the counsel of God, that's the point. We can't rely upon our own hearts, we have to seek the counsel of God to make these decisions. So there is a necessity for godly counsel for us as believers. You know, thankfully, the perfect counselor Now, sorry, thankfully, we have the perfect counselor in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what Isaiah is telling us here in Isaiah 9, verse 6, where he says that his name should be called Wonderful Counselor. Isaiah is pointing out to you and I that the one who can give us that counselor that we need is Christ, is the Lord. And so I want us to see, secondly, not only the necessity of godly counsel, but the excellency of Christ's counsel. The excellency of Christ's counsel. You see, our Lord Jesus Christ really is the perfect counselor. He is the perfect counselor, the perfect source of godly wisdom. We've just said that we need godly counsel. Well, the perfect source is Christ. He is that perfect counselor that we can go to. And so then what is it about Christ that makes this true? What is it about him that makes him the picked counsellor? Well, firstly, Christ is uniquely qualified to be our counsellor because he is fully God. He's fully God. Go to Colossians chapter 2. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 2 and verse 9. It says, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In other words, he is fully God. He's not, you know, some demigod or lesser God. He is fully God. He's the son of God. He possesses all the attributes of God. You see, this fact means that as God, he has all the answers to our problem. That makes him the perfect counselor, doesn't it? He has all the the answers to every problem you and I can ever face. Every problem we ever come across, he has the answer because he sees and knows everything. Nothing's hidden from him. Christ is omniscient. He is eternal. He is holy. He is perfect. And so therefore we can be sure that he is always going to give us the perfect counsel, the right counsel in every situation. In Colossians 2 again in verse 3, It says, in whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In him is all wisdom and knowledge. Christ is the very source of wisdom. If we want wisdom, we want understanding, we want direction, we go to the source. We go to Christ. There's nothing that he doesn't know. Nothing is hid from him. I don't know about you, but that's a wonderful thought, to know that our counselor is God, And therefore, he knows everything. He knows the future. He knows what's going to happen tomorrow, a week from now, a year from now. He knows what's going to happen. And you know, this fact means that we can always trust his counsel. Always trust it. He's not going to get it wrong. You know, when we seek the counsel of man, we can't trust it. Seek the counsel of Christ, we can. Because it's always going to be right. As I said, human counsellors will get it wrong, but Christ never will. You know, how foolish then for us as believers to so often go to human counsellors before we go to Christ. I mean, that's so often our problem as believers, isn't it? We go to human counsellors, we go to man first of all, before we go to the Lord. We've got it the wrong way around. Go to the Lord first of all and find out what God says, what God says we should be doing, and then talk man about it should be seeking the Lord first, seeking the counsel of the Lord. You know, He is the source of all wisdom, all knowledge, and should be the first one we go to for counsel. You know, the reality is we should never act in our lives until we are sure what His counsel is. I was thinking about that this afternoon. I thought, you know, how often do I act without seeking His counsel? Just in little things, you know, but the reality is everything matters with God and we should be seeking His counsel we acting on impulse. Without acting on our own, we should be going to Him first of all and when we know what His counsel is, then we act according to what He tells us to do. You know, not only is He uniquely qualified because He is God, but also He's uniquely qualified because He's fully man. Christ is fully man. You know, 1 John 1 verse 14 says the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. You see, our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, is fully God, but at the same time, he is fully man. He became man. When he was born in a manger all those years ago, he took the form of a man. He became flesh and blood just like the rest of us, but still fully God. You see, his humanity makes him perfectly qualified just as much as his, go- his deity does. Because, you see, he was into this world, he grew up, he labored, he suffered, he bled and died, And all that means that he understands all that we go through. He's lived our lives in that sense. He understands what we go go through here on earth. Christ understands the problems that come our way. He understands the temptations we face. And this is all because of his humanity. Hebrews chapter 2. Let's turn over there. Hebrews 2, verse 17, it says, Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. You know, here we have in Hebrews this great, you know, great couple of verses here. We're talking about this very truth. The fact that because Christ was man, because He was made like unto His brethren, He is now able to be our merciful and faithful High Priest, because He understands us. He has been tempted like as we are, so now He can succor us in the midst of temptation. Chapter four, verse fifteen tells us the same thing. It says, "For we have not an High Priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin." You see, Christ's humanity means that he understands us. He understands me. He understands you. He understands what we're going to face. The reality is we can never turn around to the Lord and say, Lord, you just don't understand what I'm going through. We can't say that to him. When we're facing a problem in our life, we can't go to him and say, well, you don't understand because he does understand. His humanity makes that clear. You see, he understands everything we face because of his humanity. And because he is God, he has the answer. You know, as believers, as we said, we need godly counsel. That's clear. We need godly counsel if we're going to make wise decisions in our lives. And Christ is the perfect God-man, the perfect counselor. Fully God and fully man. Has all the answers and I would understand us. He's the perfect counselor. And therefore, you know, we need to listen and take heed to that wise counsel. Not be like Adam and Eve, ignoring the wise counsel of God. Not be like Rehoboam, ignoring wise counsel. We must listen and take heed. And of course, his counsel is found in this book, in the Word of God, is it not? That's where we go to find his counsel. We go to the Word. We spend time with him in the Word, in prayer. And let God counsel us, let God give us instruction. Instead of seeking the counsel of this world, we need to seek the counsel of the one who is the perfect counselor, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah, it should be said, you know, sometimes when we seek his counsel, you know, we don't immediately get an answer, do we? Sometimes we want God's counsel on a situation, on, on direction in our lives, and we don't immediately get an answer. Or we don't get the answer we want because he's saying wait. But you know, rather than becoming impatient with the Lord and then seeking the advice of man and following our own wisdom, you and I need to learn to wait upon the Lord. Have patience. Wait upon him to answer because he will give us direction when he's ready in his time. You see, our gracious counselor will never, never lead us astray. He's not going to get it wrong. But you and I can lead ourselves astray by becoming impatient and impulsive. You know, I was thinking about that this afternoon and that's where a lot of us as believers go wrong so often when we seek the will of God. We're seeking God's will, we want direction in our lives and we become impatient, we become impulsive. Because I don't know, I'm I'm not seeing the answers, I don't know what the Lord wants. Well, maybe the Lord's just saying, just wait. Just wait and be faithful what you're doing and when I'm ready I'll show you the next step. And the reality is until he shows us the next step we shouldn't move anywhere. Shouldn't go anywhere until he gives us that next step. Unfortunately so often we become impatient, we become impulsive and we step out and do something and we wonder why it ends up in problems. Adam and Eve, Joshua, Rehoboam all thought the same thing. They were impatient, impulsive didn't wait upon the counsel of the Lord. Beloved, we need godly counsel. We can't listen to our hearts. We must listen to the counsel of the Lord because His name is Counselor. Let's close in a word word prayer. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, we do thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for Isaiah 9.6, a, a verse we know well, a verse, Lord, that we've looked at at Christmas times many times before. Lord, we do thank you so much for these five names, for our Lord and Savior. We thank you that he is indeed wonderful, and we thank you that he is our counselor. Lord, I pray you help us all as believers to seek godly counsel, seek your counsel each day, and not make decisions on impulse, not make decisions because we're impatient, but wait upon you and follow your leading and your direction in our lives, I pray. May we bless as to be close, in Jesus' name,